Jimmy Smith, he goes for the shot in the back of the net. Keep your eye on goal of the day. That's got to be a contender early on. He takes the right for the shot. Oh my goodness me! And you would, as a Crawley fan, begin to believe the three points are yours. It's the best night of Crawley Town's lives. And there may be more to come. Yes, hello and welcome to Straight Red, the CTFC podcast, episode nine. Coming up on this episode, the usual match reviews. We'll look at upcoming fixtures. We've got a double header of Sergio Says. We'll have a transfer window update. You answer the big question on social media. And then we finish with Broadfield Buzz and Added Time. Well, yes, hello and welcome to the ninth episode of the Straight Red podcast. Now, Ewan. This episode could have been pretty dull and depressing, but fortunately for us, it's not. So let's not beat around the bush. Let's get, let's get underway with the last game that happened. And, well, it's the away win against Swindon. It was overdue, wasn't it? I mean, let, let's first of all, let's go right back to the last episode and where we started. So Stevenage away. We're not, we're not going to dwell on this whatsoever because um, that's not what this podcast is about. So Stevenage Away, lost 2-1. No surprise to lose away. Uh, Mansfield away, lost 1-0. Again, we're just in that rut of losing away. Home to Port Vale, lost 1-0. That was really disappointing. And it's getting to the stage now where people at this point are saying, Choffy out, Choffy out, etc., etc. The same sort of routine comes back around again. Um, and then, thank goodness, this Saturday just gone, went away to Swindon. Not only got three points, but got three points on the road, clean sheet, Massive turnaround. And again, it's just that that one win out of four turns the whole mentality of the whole club around. And I'm talking about fans, players, staff, um, every single every single stakeholder involved in Crawley. It changes. That one win is so important. And also, this away victory wasn't just the one win in four like you just mentioned. It's also Cheofi's first away victory since he's been in charge. It's Crawley's first away victory since the 8th of September when they beat the then and now current tabletop as Lincoln City 1-0. It's a frightening stat, isn't it? Yeah, that that is pretty scary. But you went to the away game this Saturday just gone. Yep. Uh, I just want to I guess for you to tell us a little bit about the atmosphere at certain points in the game to just describe to the to the listeners what was going on. So what was the atmosphere like at half time? Obviously Crawley had just scored a last minute goal just before they they went in for half time. I'm not going to lie the first half was was up until Moraes's goal it was a miserable first half. And I mean, messy. It was drizzly. It was rank. It was just one of those. My wife calls it trick rain. Have you ever heard the term trick rain? It's basically really thin, crappy rain that you can barely see, but it gets you soaking wet. So it tricks you. Oh, it, was I like tri- that. it was trick rain. All right. And the ground was slippy. It was messy. There was no quality football from either side. Nobody really going for that flashy goal. Um, and it, 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 there just wasn't much to watch. So the atmosphere, to be fair, the Crawley fans were away. I don't go to many away games, but when we are away, and every time I've been away, the Crawley fans are absolutely brilliant. And they out-sing the home fans without a doubt. I know you're sort of sat in the away end or in the away area, and it sounds different, but Crawley fans away are absolutely brilliant. And they sang from start to finish and made noise from start to finish, no matter what was sort of going on on the pitch. Um, there was 100, I think it was 154 Crawley fans. So for Swindon... What's that? Two and a half hours away, three hours on a coach. Pretty good result for Crawley there. Um, and then when the goal went in, then it changed. And the second half was completely different. Second half, Crawley had the, the momentum. Swindon thought, oh God, we're going to lose this if we don't sort of pull our socks up a bit. They came back into it. Crawley dug their heels in. Swindon 
didn't really have much to offer. I know they're sort of mid-table, just above mid-table. They didn't look much at all. And you look at the Swindon fans' comments after the game, they even said they were absolute rubbish. Crawley, Crawley weren't brilliant, and Crawley have played better away from home and lost games this season. But it just shows that's what football's all about. I mean, we didn't play that great on Saturday. We played all right. I think Kamara ran his socks off. Glenn Morris has ever had as an absolute worldie. Great penalty save at the end. And it was a, it was a really, if you look at the replay of the goal, it was a strange goal. It kind of flicks off the ball. Uh, Moraes is sort of um, half volley, comes off the defender on the line, and then it lands and sort of bounces backwards into the net. So let's quickly fast forward a bit into that second half. Um, right at the end of the game, penalty was awarded to Swindon. What was the feeling then? Do you know what? My head went straight in my hands. I couldn't believe it. And it was quite funny because there was a lot, there was a, we were quite close to the fans on our right hand side, the Swindon fans. And they were, of course, over the moon. They saved a point at home. Um, and that, that's fine for them. But when, when you've got Glenn Morris in goal, you can't write him there, off straight there's away. There's always a chance. There's always a chance with Morris in goal. And I'm not kidding. When he saved it, it was so funny looking <laughs> at the Swindon fans. Because the, the younger they were, the angrier they were. And Swindon <laughs> has a lot of chaps, okay? And they were absolutely fuming. The he fingers, say the that middle he's fingers. From there. Oh, no, no, it's Cheltenham. It's Cheltenham. Oh, sorry. Don't you dare. <laughs> I'm from Cheltenham. That's the posh bit of Gloucestershire in that area. Thank you very much. Um, I got a was... real glare from you in just then, I have to say. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it was it was brilliant. Obviously, we hit the roof. They started streaming out the stadium uh, and, and, and happy days. But most importantly, like I say, it wasn't a great performance, but it stopped the rot. We've had better performances and lost. It doesn't matter. It stopped the rot and it's a turning point, um, hopefully in our, maybe not in our season, because we're coming, God, it feels terrible to say we're coming to the close of the season. We've got what, what, 10, 15 games left and we're, we're not going to get to the playoffs. I don't think we're going to get relegated. It's just another sort of drain to the end of the season, see what happens. I was going to um, say, it's probably a little bit premature to say we've got a, over this whole away losing thing. No, but no, we haven't. No, absolutely do you not. you think it's certainly a, a good step in the right direction? It's only a step in the right direction. It's, and it's, it's clearly, a, it can only be a mentality thing. Because Crawley are good enough to win away games. Um, so that there's no reason why we shouldn't be winning a game, get away games other than a mental block when, away from, when we're away from home. If that can break it then fantastic. And over the next four games, in that four-game period, three were away, one was at home. You wouldn't expect to win three away games if you were playing well away from home. But um, if we'd come through that four-game window with zero points out of 12, that would have been a disaster. If you said before the four games, we'll get three, you still think, ah, oh, that's pretty rubbish. But to end it on a high, that's uh, it's a big positive to take. There could be better positives, but we're looking forward. Um, fingers crossed. And I'm just going to go really quickly back to the Port Vale um, game at home, which wasn't fantastic. Obviously lost 1-0. And the stats from that game, Crawley, uh, one shot on target in that game, in a home game. And uh, that's a frightening stat. So hopefully the, the home form has not been brilliant by any means, but again, a turning point. Fingers crossed. And it's very important, actually, that we had Marias back as well for that game. I think, I mean, I know he's been back for a few fi fixtures now, but a player that's really been missed, in fact, because, uh, again, we go back to the same problem we spoke about last episode. Crawley need a kind of a striker that's going to step up and be reliable with scoring. Absolutely. And, of course, for that game, you also had uh, Connolly was out as well. Had, um, for very good reason, both of his um, second shard, which is absolutely brilliant. Congratulations to him. But, yeah, getting Marais back in, and just getting a, a solid 11 again. There's always been lots of chop, chop and changing 
especially over the the sort of um, the, the Christmas period with, with so many games. But to get a solid 11 again, or, or it's like a solid 13-14 until the end of the season, that is so critically important. We're going to come on to the, the transfer window a little bit later in the podcast. Oh, one thing I wanted to point out before we move on, I know it's been a quick review of matches. I literally drove myself to Swindon, bought a ticket for one, please, <laughs> sat on my own, had a Mars bar and a chicken bolty pie, watched the football, then drove home again. It was a very lonesome day. But again, just being in that crowd of Crawley supporters, they are absolutely brilliant. If you haven't been to an away game in a while, doesn't matter where it is, the Crawley support is absolutely fantastic. I love being in that environment, um, work commitments, etc., etc. I mean, I can't do it as much as I'd like to, but it's well worth it. If you haven't done it yet, do it before the end of the season. Is this your first away game of the season? Uh, South End away as well. So in fact, that I was the FA Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, though? yeah. So, so my theory is here that every time that you turn up to a league away game, mm-hmm. probably win. So therefore, you have to well, turn up for the rest of the well, season now. I'm one for one. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? We've got Berry next away, right? Yeah. I was in Berry's boardroom this week. Yeah. Claim to fame. Yeah, well, it's a long way away. I didn't really intend to be there, but I went to... This is so off topic. I went. I, I, was, I was doing a talk on company culture at a networking event, which was held in Berry Boardroom. Well, would you have there it? You Look at that. There you go. So, Jonathan, that is the match reviews, and this is going to be a fairly short podcast. So let's have a quick look at the matches coming up home and away. Yeah, so in February, we've got uh, four matches. Uh, Bury first, then Oldham, Northampton and Macclesfield. So it goes away home, away home. Third, 13th, 17th and 23rd, they respectively sit. So on paper, it goes pretty much from hard to easy. Obviously, though, it probably won't be like that in real life because There's we know... There's no easy games in League 2, yeah, Jonathan. Anyone can beat anyone, all that. But I'm going to put my neck out on this one. <gasps> Nine points. What? Where are they coming from? So, I think that Oldham, Corey, can beat them because it's a home fixture. Yeah. Even though Oldham are 13th in the table higher than Corey. Mm-hmm. Then I think I'm going to go for a, a win against Northampton away. They're a bit further down. In fact, they're just sitting just below Crawley currently in the table. Yeah. And then I think a, a home victory against Macclesfield, who are literally just on, in, in the relegation zone. What's at happening at Berry? Um, I think they're going to beat Crawley, I'm afraid to say. But uh, I, I would don't ta- see I would take nine from 12. Most definitely. I think it'd be an absolute result. Like Is I that say, your prediction as well, then? Nine? Um, I would be happy with seven. I would go with home wins against Oldman Macclesfield. I mean... We've got to beat Macclesfield, haven't we? We lost to them away, which is a bloody disaster at the time, and it still is now. Got to beat them at home. And I would go, um, yeah, I think, let's say, being realistic, lose to Berry, win the two home games and get a point away at Northampton. Again, we'll find out soon if our away form has truly turned around or whether that was just a, a positive blip in the road. We'll find out. But yeah, seven or nine from 12, both equally good results. And that would put us a lot nearer mid-table. And again, Oh, on the league table, where is it? Let's have a quick look. We are, how many points from safety? Nine points from safety. So we're almost equally between the playoffs and relegation. We like we were a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, again. yeah, again, it's all sort of same old, same old, isn't it? But uh, here's hoping, let's go for, I'm going to go for 7 out of 12, you can go for 9 out of 12, and we'll find out on podcast episode 10, who's the best predictor? Yes, and, and leading on from these predictions, our, our favourite predictor and best friend, Sergio Torres. He's replied this week, hasn't he? He has. 
Yeah, so me and Sergio are mates again, Jonathan. Not that we weren't ever mates. Um, but if you recall back to podcast episode eight, I was a little bit late in texting him for his predictions. And then he uh, texted me about an hour after the show. And for this week or this episode, I got them in time. So let's have a real quick look back at his predictions for the four home games we've just reviewed at the start of the episode. Um, he said one all away at Stevenage, 2-1 loss at Mansfield, 3-1 win at home to Port Vale. And then he predicted a 1-0 win away at Swindon. What a man. That's his first correct score of the season. He's got some results, right? First correct score. And he was very, very proud of that. So for the next four games, he's predicting quite... He's the same as me. We, me and Sergio, we're sort of linked up in the, up in the noggin here. A, a, a loss at Berry, 2-0. Then he's gone for a 2-0 win at home to Oldham, a one-all draw away at Northampton, and a 3-1 win at home to Macclesfield. They're, nice. cracking, they're cracking scores, I reckon. I'll take that right now. Yeah, I would as well. Cool. And also, just while we're on the topic of Sergio, did you see his Twitter about... Two weeks ago, when he and Jasper recreated his derby yes. goal. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, coming for the documentary, he, he's dropping little trailers now. They're brilliant. And if you haven't seen it, look on Sergio's Twitter. He has recreated his derby goal where he scores from just outside the box, right boot to the middle left, and then he reels away to the fans. Not as good as it was on the day. No, and I think it took more than one attempt Maybe. as well. <laughs> but um, I did text him afterwards and I said, you should have put out on Twitter to get all the fans down there to recreate the bundle. We'd all been involved. Yes. And he said, you and that's a very good idea. Yes. I, mean, I, I was one of the fans that did uh, <laughs> break the regulations and run onto did the you? pitch. <laughs> yeah, great night. Incredible. Great yeah, absolutely incredible. So that is Sergio says. Sergio's going for seven points out of 12 over the next 12. Did I say 12 twice? I did, didn't I? Seven out of 12. Right, Ewan. Well, last episode we gave a uh, well, you gave a bit of an update of what's been going on in, in the transfer window. Quite a busy period it was then. Go ahead. You've got a good 15-minute slot. So this is, our, this is my transfer window update. Jonathan, you ready? Yep. That was it. <laughs> that was the update. <laughs> Did you enjoy that? Did yes. you take notes? Yes. So, let, let, I mean, seriously, let's have a little look. If we look back, obviously, we know we signed Ricky German, and there were some rumours going around on the last episode that I discussed or, or pointed out anyway. So we'll just find out what happened to these rumours, okay? Ollie Palmer, Colchester, Forest Green and Bradford interested. Didn't happen. Danny Rose, formerly of Pompey, set to join the Reds. Didn't happen. Are they, are they definitely all called off? Because obviously the transfer window is still technically I mean, open we got at the time days, of this we? There's no more rumours, though. Okay. Reese Grogo Cox in talks with Cork City. Never happened. Josh Payne, Cheltenham Town and Port Vale interested. Never happened. Are you pleased that they never happened? I'll keep all four of those on board. Well, I'd like Danny, Danny Rose to have come along, but I'm, I'm glad that Ollie Palmer, Grease Gregor Cox and Josh Payne have all stayed. Yeah, definitely. Um, and again, I'll point it out one more time. Why is nobody... I would turn it down. I would turn it down. Why is nobody offering a million pounds for Glenn Morris? It blows my mind. Yeah, he's one of the league's best goalkeepers. He is the best goalkeeper in the league. He's probably the best goalkeeper in League One as well. Big statement, but yes. It's yeah. a very, very true statement. And the only other thing to point out on the uh, Roman um, transfer window is actually that Roman Vincelo left to go to Shrewsbury. And that's it. But to be fair, he was played out of position. We played him in defence for some reason. No idea why. He's not a defender. If you look on WhatsApp or internet, it doesn't matter. It, um, Wikipedia, sorry. 
nowhere's got him marked down as a defender, but that's the only position we played at him. So good luck to him at Shrewsbury. I hope he gets a, 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 a shake in midfield. But that was, it was a really strange one because when he joined, that was really positive. When he came along with like Philippe Moraes and things like that, we thought, wow, we're getting some good signings here. Um, what a waste of time that turned out to be. Yes, and now I've read a few reports and seen a few things been going around that apparently Chelfe and Selim have uh, told many, or a few reporters even, that they've been looking for the new Carlin Arhern Grant, who, if you haven't heard, he's been chased by a few Premier League clubs. I think Huddersfield are the ones that have been in the headlines, really, about one and a half million pounds and tenuous link to going back to Crawley in his time here. And Obviously, he's played on, a part. Selong clause in that one? I don't know. <laughs> Well, he's loan, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, so, anyway, they've got their eyes on, on the young wonder kid who can be likened to Carlin. And uh, they've got some people on the list that they're chasing up. Who knows whether anything is going to be signed in the next two days or so. This podcast will probably come out when the window is shut. So we'll, we would have known by the time this has happened. But, Ewan, any, any thoughts on that? My, my only last two closing things on this segment. I've got two... Um Two things to point out here. First of all, everybody's favourite Crawley journalist, sports reporter, Graham Carter of the um, Crawley Observer. Trust every word he says. He said on Twitter that Crawley Town Director of Football, Salim Gagasas, says the club are looking for a midfielder and a striker from EFL clubs during what remains of the Chenery transfer window. And if Graham says it, that's a fact. And secondly... This was pointed out to me to my uh, another... I just saw it on Twitter. Somebody retweeted it. And this might come back to haunt him. I mean, th this is a tweet from June 2017. But it's from Salim, unfortunately. And it says, to the family, which is us. That, that's all of us. Judges at the end of the window. Increased budgets, multiple transfers on the way. This side will compete. Quote me on this. Well, we're quoting oh. him. We're quoting him. You don't do <laughs> tweets like that. Yeah, you've dug back. Good research. <sighs> Somebody dug back, but yeah. Um, so we are quoting him on it, and that was eighteen months ago. That was in the summer of two thousand and seventeen. And again, like we've said a couple of times, unfortunately, we're we're not in any better position than we were no. then. No, I mean, I, I am. I'm very optimistic, and I I appreciate and I approve of optimism. And he's clearly being optimistic here. Unfortunately. It just hasn't happened for for, for reasons we'll, we'll maybe never know. The money in the background, who's in charge of what? Does Joffy pick the players? Clearly not. Um, does Salim pick the players? Does somebody else choose the players? Who is choosing the lineup? Who's buying the players? Who's in charge of buying and selling? Who knows? But it hasn't gone the way they planned, unfortunately. So just to sum up, the business in the trans January transfer window, happy or unsatisfied? Um, we've still got two days left. Currently... Uh, what we, well, we've got Ricky German, haven't we? And we haven't really seen him yet. Um, so disappointing, underwhelmed when you get promises like, I know it's an old one, but promises like you get that. And I mean, like we've said a few times, you, they pay lip service. Everybody, nobody's going to go into a transfer window saying, oh, by the way, we're not going to do very well this transfer window because that, that, that would be stupid. But, um, to, but to constantly give positive things coming out, you've, you've got to back it up, and it hasn't been backed up, I'm afraid. Um, so, yeah, disappointing, definitely. But again, the league table position, we're going to be all right, aren't we? We're going we're to finish like 16th, 17th by the looks of things. But that's not the ambition of Crawley and the Crawley fans. Okay, Jonathan, this is, we're already, with no interviews this week, we're already on Broadfield Buzz. 
and you've just told me you've got some exciting three bits of news. And as long as I don't cover them first, because I, I do my research, so it'll be interesting to see. So, first of all, it's just a couple of stats. Danny Bullman, officially now 40 years old. Yes, we can finally milk that title even more. It's a lovely number, more. isn't it? 24th of January, 40 years old. Happy birthday, Danny. You had an interview with us on episode number eight. If you've not listened to that, have a little listen. Uh, Lewis Young, gone over 200 appearances. That was fairly well uh, marketed. Everybody knew about that, but I thought I'd bring it up because we didn't mention it in the last episode. Um, Mark Connolly again, the birth of his child. That's why he was away at Swindon. Congratulations. Sergio Torres Day on the 10th of January. That was when he released the video of him recreating the Derby goal. That was still in my notes for you, even though I brought it into the Sergio Torres section. Um, moving away from Crawley just for a second. I think this is absolutely brilliant. Crystal Palace sheltering rough sleepers at Selhurst Park in the cold weather. I saw that, yes. That is incredible. All football clubs should be doing there this, surely. Is no, every single football club has a concourse, a cover, maybe not warm rooms as such, but, for example, Crawley, the small concourses, who knows? But I had to bring up absolutely brilliant. Um, the um, do you Does your child or loved one or whoever it might be, um, nieces, nephews, have a, or are they members of a young football team locally? Because Crawley Town are looking for flag bearers and escorts, um, player escorts. So get in touch with the club. There are opportunities for the remainder of the season. Or if they are fully booked by the time you get in touch, ask about next season as well. Great opportunity for young fans to get involved on a match day and walk out with the players. I always loved getting involved with that when I was working there and sort of seeing the, seeing the looks on their faces. It is absolutely fantastic. More Sergio news. Have you seen there is an evening with Sergio Torres on Thursday Oh, it's gone. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was an evening with Sergio Torres on Thursday, 24th of Jan, 8.30 till 10pm at Polgate Community Centre. It's happened already. Moving Talk, on. Talking about his uh, DVD launch? and uh, Talking about his career, including Eastbourne, Whitehawk, Crawley Town and his life in general. Oh. Um, you've missed it. <laughs> Moving on. Now, this is a big one. There's a fans forum, in case you didn't know, on Monday the 11th of February. Gabby, Nathan Rooney and Salim are going to be in attendance. That could get interesting. Yes, especially if nothing else happens in this transfer window. I feel like there's going to be a lot of uh, questions regarding that. I, th I think, I, I, I don't feel too bad for, for Gabby and Nathan, but I think Salim might be under a bit of pressure there um, based on the transfer window activity. You know what? I love Salim. He's one of the nicest guys you could ever meet. Always smiling, always saying thank you, always saying hello. But I think he's going to come up against it if a couple of fans come along with uh, with, a, with a few opinions. That is in the May win backs to suite, 7pm on the 11th of February. Uh, I think we're both going, aren't we, Jonathan? Yes. We're planned, fans, so we'll see you there. And do you know what? If, you've got, if you can't go, but you do want to ask questions, let us know and we'll ask them on your behalf. How's about, how's about that? Um, this weekend, I know the postcard is only going to come out the, sort of the day before maybe this happens, but this weekend there is a feast of women's FA Cup action in Crawley as two ties take place on Sunday the 3rd of February. So Brighton and Hove women playing at the Crawley, um, I nearly said the checker trade, the People's Pension Stadium, are playing Manchester United at 12.30 in the Women's Super League. Oh, uh, no, that's right. Uh, no, sorry. And then Crawley Wasps take on Arsenal at Oakwood. Um, Arsenal from the Women's Super League. Now, if you'd said a couple of years ago that this weekend, Manchester United, Arsenal, Crawley Wasps and Brighton are all playing big matches in Crawley, you got laughed at the town. 
It's brilliant, isn't it? Especially when you look at, we're really proud of the Crawley Cogs, the, what, they do, what they do for Crawley and Carol Bates and co. Um, and for them, this is such a massive step up to have these games taking place on our doorstep. And it's the magic of the FA Cup as it well. Is, of and course it is, yeah. It's just as good as the, as the traditional, I hate to say that, but the, what people would traditionally think is the FA Cup. But I know this is the Women's FA Cup, but it shouldn't, it's not, not any different and mm. it's still the same magic. Absolutely, and yeah. What's best about it as well is that I believe tickets start from £1. Is it? I haven't looked at the ticket. Is it £1? Is, it's the cheapest ticket you can buy for one yeah, of sorry, those Sorry, is matches. that for a child though? Because uh, yes. even at Crawley Games, yes, tickets yes. are a pound. But still they start at a pound. They're not going to be too expensive. Um, members of the Disabled Supporters Association and their guests gathered, gathered at the Black Swan for their January meal last Friday in a CTFC decorated private room. The reason this is quite cool is because Gabby Shoffey, Nathan Rooney and Kelly Derrick and her husband all went down to join them for this. I think that's just good community spirit. It's creating a great culture in the club. And if everybody player, we saw other Christmas players going into hospital and things like that. But it just shows the fans and the management getting involved in not just the team on a Saturday, but really getting involved in the community and the club at a much deeper level. Something that I've always really, really approved of. And a lot of those supporters in the DSA were very uh, pleased and grateful that they turned up and, and, Absolutely, and came yeah, along. It kind of made their night. Because they're only about... 12 or 15 strong um, and if you are interested if um, that, that's something you might sort of might want to get involved in um, just get in touch with Barbara Robinson at the club she's the um, liaison officer and member of the Disabled Supporters Association they might be chairwoman I'm not sure what the title is but get involved with, uh, in touch with her she's at every single game and finally this one just came out today this is breaking news it was about two hours ago new technology has allowed the Crawley Town Analysis Department an enhanced way of tracking their player movements at the training ground. They are now using drones. Wow. They are using drones at the training ground. Uh, yeah, they've upgraded their analysis techniques. So now uh, Tom and Patrick can get a bird's eye view of the players in action on the training field. How did they get the health and safety risk assessment done on that? This close to Gatwick as well. Yeah. Unbelievable. But yeah, hey, hey, here we go. And they actually used it for the first time in the build-up to the match versus Swindon. It's a winner. Well, it'll be really interesting to maybe have a, have a chat with some of these guys um, in a couple of months' time, see if it makes any difference Absolutely. and whether it helps them. Of course it would. Now, that is my Broadfield buzz. What's your Broadfield buzz, well, Jonathan? Well, you've, you've ticked off uh, one of the things I was going to say. good. Uh, the other thing, not kind of exciting, but definitely useful is the online ticketing system is back up and it's running back yes <laughs> so after considerable downtime if you wish to book tickets online you can't get to the club shop or whatever uh, you can now book up to four games in advance on Brilliant. online so Cracking there's stuff. no reason to not buy a ticket now that brings take, that takes me back jonathan when i first joined crawley and you may know this and a lot of people listening will remember this it's quite funny when you went to buy a ticket at the ticket office, and I'm talking about 2009-10 season, maybe 10-11-12 as well, it was almost like a raffle ticket. And when you bought it, you got your raffle ticket. It, I call it, it was a ticket. It looks like a raffle ticket. And then you got a date stamped. Yes, and then, yes. in, then in pen, you wrote who our opponents were on it. And yes. that was your ticket. Yeah. How, how far we've come, eh? Hey? Mm. <laughs> now, this brings me on to my final piece of, uh, of news. I, I don't know how... Amazing it's going to be, but I think it's pretty cool. On the TalkSport website, they've uh, got some ex extensive analysis from yourpromotionalcode.co.uk, basically looking at the top four divisions of football in England. And they've taken all the, the statistics from there and uh, 
looked at the top 20 home records across the last 10 years. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to think where Crawley come into this. Well, they come 19th into this. They're the 19th, they've got the 19th best home record across the past 10 years from the top four divisions in England. That's a really good stat. Yes, I, I, like thought, that. I thought it was really cool. So Manchester City sit top. Uh, Manchester United, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, Liverpool, Leicester, they're all up there. Yeah. Down the bottom of the top 20, uh, Crawley sit ahead of Leeds, would you believe it or not? Um, and Brighton just edged Crawley in 18th. That's really good. Good research, that. I'd love to know what our away stat was, <laughs> especially over the last 10 games. So apparently our win percentage rate is 48 at home. 48. Yeah, I can believe that. I mean, what what that takes you back to, as I know it's not been the great the last four or five years, but if you take our, um, even our League Two season, would that, would that include our conference season as well? Because teams go in and out of the top four leagues, don't they? So it'll be interesting to see how they work that out. But if you take into account the last 10 years as a whole and take into account our conference season, when we won, what was it like? 34 games or something ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we lost at home for about nine months. Um, yeah, I can't believe that stuff. But good one. Very, very interesting. And let's hope we can move forward to that as well. Well, for this week's big question that was asked on Twitter, we've asked you guys basically whether you want to see Chiofe stay at the club or whether you want him to go. The, the answers that you could choose from were Chiofe in, Chiofe out or... My mind changes every single week. You and take us away with the results. Yeah, so this was not to provoke any sort of um, uh, too many comments. Really, it was just a, it was just a general consensus on where where we really were, and what we've got is we had fifty four votes. This was only asked a few hours ago. We were a little bit late in asking it. I would have put it on the put it on the forum and Facebook to get a wider range, but I mean, it was quite a last minute thing. So we had fifty four votes on Twitter at the moment, and it is forty percent, forty six percent trophy in. 28% Chioffi out and 26% don't know what they think, which is a nice, honest answer. So almost half saying in and then it's split 50-50 between the second half, whether it's out or change my mind. And we did ask people to um, leave comments if they were happy for us to read them out. And a few did. And they're good comments as well. Um, Andy Salmon said, I voted in as I'm fed up of the manager changing every season. Stability is needed as long as the manager is backed with good squad additions. Um, so he's, it, good squad additions, not really yet, but he's most. I, I agree with Andy entirely. Um, and I'm going to read out some stats on our managerial records over the last 10 years in a moment. Uh, Sam Cook, as long as we don't look like we're going down, he should stay. With the crowds we get, lower to mid-table should be what we expect. Again, completely agree. Very, very fair and sensible comment. And then GHOA travel. We need stability and don't need support was calling for us to change our manager or management every time we lose. They are doing okay for their first season together. We just need to be patient. And then finally, Matt Colbrand said, he agrees with the comment so far. We need stability. Keep the manager. So all four people willing to leave comments, all saying the same thing. We need stability. And I did a quick, um, it doesn't take long, did a quick search on the internet for our managerial records over the last... Well, you always sort of go back to Steve Evans, don't you? Because he was there for five years. There's no point going beyond that. Steve Evans left on the 9th of April, 2012. So not even not even seven years, less than seven years ago. In that time, we've had eight, eight permanent managers and f over five caretakers. Because you draw the line somewhere, don't you? With like Craig Brewster, he had two 
spells as caretaker. You've got Steve Coppell, Gary Alexander, Matt Harold, uh, and Jimmy Smith and Philippe Moraes. You don't really include them. Um, I hesitated to include Sean O'Driscoll, but he was a, a fully paid permanent manager, even though he didn't take a competitive game. But eight managers and five caretakers in seven years. If you add those together, it's like 13 managers in seven years. That is ridiculous. It is, how, it is. How can you how can you possibly have any stability at a managerial level when you're changing managers? Let's take out the caretakers. Eight in seven years, one a year. That is, that is crazy. And a couple months ago, I did get a bit sad and uh, crunched the numbers myself for my own spreadsheet, <laughs> um, including Sean O'Driscoll and and Craig Brewster. The average time without Steve Evans into the mix is eight and a half months. Manager stays at Crawley. If you add Steve Evans to that, it's a year and one month. Still, I I just find it bizarre that, I mean, the problem we've got is Gabriel Choffey is an inexperienced manager. That means he's going to be a cheap manager. We can't be paying him much whatsoever. I, I bet there's players earning more than him. Okay, when you get a cheap manager and he's inexperienced, that is when the people behind the scenes are clearly we we know this anyway. Every single fan does. That Choffy doesn't pick the pick the the players that comes in. That is down to Salim and whoever Salim's working with as well. Okay. If you want an expensive manager and a good manager and an experienced manager, that's going to cost you money, a lot more money than Gabby's going to be costing us. And that's when he'll be in charge of buying the players, selling the players, decide who comes in and out. At the moment, we have owners who clearly want to decide who the team is. And I'm not saying. Gabby doesn't pick the 11 on a match day. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he does. But I think it's really unfair. Um, and I, I even look back on the comments that I've made in the past and said, um, oh, you've got to give him a chance. Give him a, at least one window. This is when people were calling for his head earlier in the season. Give him a window. Well, it's not even his bloody window, is it? He's, he's not picking the team that come in. He doesn't go out and do any scouting. Um, so, again, uh, yeah. Get, OK, let's, let's play a scenario. Get rid of the manager. Then what? What you do is you get another cheap manager in because it's the only one you can afford. And again, he's just a puppet for you to play to pick your players with, the owners. Okay, so it's just this perpetual circle. So what you've got to do, if you want to get a great manager in, and, and I saw on um, a lot of people mention this on the forum and Facebook and Twitter, etc. Um, obviously, Steve Evans is now available. Okay, We're not going to get Steve Evans in because Steve Evans is probably on a quarter of a million pounds a year or in that region. Okay, so even if you played him two grand, two let's say you gave him a pittance like two grand a week for the rest of the season, which is it would be a pittance to Steve. Um, it's still going to be a ridiculous situation because we wouldn't be able to afford him next year. Quite clearly, the owners at the moment aren't spending a lot of money. Okay, it, it costs money to keep money afloat. They are absolutely putting money in, but they're not investing to move us up the table like I think we were promised we were going to be at the very start. Okay, so. Absolutely. I completely agree with what everybody said um, in the comments here on, on this question and the majority of people that have voted. You've got to keep them in because there's, there's no viable alternative. And you keep going around in this endless circle, get a new manager in, give them a season, get a new manager in, give them a season. You've got to give somebody two or three years. They've got to turn to your style of play. They are clearly turning to Gabby Choffey's style of play. And it's a much more attractive game to watch than it was with Harry Cure or anybody prior to him. Um, so, I, I mean... I would say right now, keep them in for the next 18 months at least. You've got to see what happens. Yeah, I, th I think if they sacked Gabby, um, that would be a recipe for relegation. Um, yeah, stability is, is the way forward. That's, that's the key word. Mm -hmm.
Well, Ewan, it's the closing stages of the ninth podcast. Anything else to pack in? Yeah, added time. Not a lot, to be honest. Just one thing that I should have put in Broadfield Buzz, actually. The Community Foundation at Crawley. Uh, if you're looking for something for your kids to do in half-term and they love football, then they've got a February half-term soccer school, which they say is the answer. Um, so go on the ctfcommunityfoundation.com website and you can book your kids onto that one. Um, I've got one retraction to make, Jonathan, which is when, of course, you say something wrong in a previous episode and you have to cover your steps. And it was pointed out by Peter Bellamy. And I thought, when we were discussing Zaya and uh, being in charge of Kayseri Eriksipor... In the not Turkish as good thing, as your first attempt. No, but um, <laughs> so I thought he was still in charge. In fact, he's not been in charge for over a year. Um, but he was. He, it doesn't change the story too much. He was still there during that reign from playing in the UEFA Cup to dropping into the, the lowest possible league. Um, but thank you, Peter, for pointing that out. And it, do you know what? If, if we ever do say stuff wrong... Which we probably well, do many please, times. Yeah, let us know. Let us know. <laughs> definitely. Um, now, clearly a short podcast this time, uh, Jonathan, and I think people might appreciate it because I know we do tend to get to the hour mark, but that's when we've got interviews and there's been no interview in this episode. However, however, I'm fairly confident... We're going to get Salim on for episode 10. Just waiting for confirmation. I know it's been sort of offered to us in the past and, and um, I've spoken to him as well. So hopefully that is going to be in episode 10 at some point after the um, uh, fans forum. Yep. So I guess keep your eyes peeled on the yeah. on the forum and on Twitter and on Facebook uh, for us to post something so you can ask your questions. We will definitely open that one up to fans' questions, and I can't wait to see those questions. And if we, if, if for any reason we can't get Salim, then we'll definitely get another player. It'll either be uh, Ollie Palmer or Matt Tubbs followed us on Twitter. This week, Jonathan, yes. I'm sure you saw that, didn't you? Cracking. I think we had a little conversation about yeah, it. Yeah, so um, hopefully we can get Matt on in the future as well. But e either way, there will be somebody on the next uh, podcast and we'll let you answer your que uh, ask your questions as well. A little bit for the away travel. Um, this podcast is going to go out the day before Berry, but it's good to know that there's actually a coach going to Berry. And I know uh, GH coaches were not struggling for numbers, but they're trying their best to move from a minibus up to a coach. And it just shows you get one good away game. And, and obviously, we get a lot of fans to away games anyway, or for, for the size of club we are. But it's great to know people are willing to travel that far to go and see a quality away. It's brilliant. Um, so we'll just mention really this, uh, the, the Northampton game, Saturday the 16th of Feb, um, 3 o'clock kickoff, departing the Peaceful People's Pension Stadium at 10 a.m. Again, 20 quid buffet. You can't go wrong, can you? ghcoaches.co.uk, book on on their website. I think that's I think that's everything I've got, Jonathan. We're not even at the are we even at the thirty five minute mark? It's going to be a quick one, isn't it? We might be, we might be if uh, we keep on talking. We'll see. <laughs> so um, yeah, that is episode nine. I hope you've enjoyed listening. Again, we always say this and we always get some feedback. Let us know what you want to hear in the episodes. Anything you like taken out, any segments you don't want or any segments you'd like put back in, um, please let us know. This is your podcast. We're the ones here sat talking, but we only want to talk about things that you want to listen to. Yes, thanks very much for listening uh, from you and myself. Uh, we'll see you again in episode 10 and uh, all the best to the Reds on the road. Thank you very much. See you soon. <laughs>